It's Tuesday on Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Glad to be back for another day. Hope you guys are having a good one out there as well. Good show coming up. Uh, Kent Youngblood from the Star Tribune joins me here in just a little bit to talk gopher women's basketball and um, Lynx basketball. Kent covers both of those things. Interesting times for both those teams. Gopher women, sounds they would be in the tournament, according to most projections, the NCAA tournament, if the season, uh, if the postseason started today. It, of course, does not. They don't call it January Madness. They call it March Madness. we got a couple months to go. A long way to the finish line, but things looking up for the Gophers under Don Plitzawhite. Lynx, on the other hand, um, enter this offseason with some holes to fill on their roster, some money to spend to do it, but not a great free agent class, at least in terms of the players that will truly be available. So kind of unclear how much help they will get this offseason, whether it's free agency or in the draft. So we'll talk about those things with Kent Youngblood here in just a few minutes. Get to some Gopher men's basketball stuff. Big game for them against Wisconsin. Actually, both the men and the women play Wisconsin tonight. Women on the road, men at Williams Arena, 6 p.m. A big one for them. Joe Maurer, we find out today whether he makes the Hall of Fame or not. But we kind of, sort of already know, and I want to talk about that towards the end of the show. We'll have a ton of Maurer content in the next 24 hours to one way or the other, but it sure looks like he's getting in at this point. We'll have a special edition of this podcast this evening after the voting is announced at 5 p.m., and I'm sure I'll talk about it a little bit still on tomorrow's regular show as well. Uh, first, though, what I miss, got to talk Wolves. What a story. What a game. What a tale of two halves carl anthony town scores 44 points in the first half wolves are playing a terrible charlotte team um i think they were favored by like 15 16 points in this game which is a huge margin in the nba especially at this time of the season you might see that towards the end of the year when teams are clearly tanking things like that when teams have no incentive to win you don't see that usually in the middle of the season but that is what the odds makers at least thought was the difference between the Wolves, still at that point the best team in the West, and the Hornets who came in with, I think, nine wins. Another bad team on the schedule. They've been kind of toying with these teams, but still winning lately. By and large, much better against the bad teams this season, putting together what we have characterized as more mature performances. In this game, Cat, like I said, 44 points in the first half. Life is good through three quarters, um, at least results-wise. The Wolves are up 107-92 at the end of three, and then everything completely falls apart. They get outscored 36-18 to in the fourth quarter. Second straight game where they had a bad fourth quarter that cost them the game. Now, the first one was against Oklahoma City. That's a really good team. That's excusable. That's going to happen. This, I don't know what the excuse for this is. They lose by three, 128-125. to Mike Conley Jr. didn't play in this game. Now, I'm going to get back to that in a minute, but I want to hear first from Chris Finch, head coach of the Timberwolves, to reporters after the game because he sounds like he was just as disgusted, if not more, than you might have been watching at home or at Target Center. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball um, all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. It had been there from the jump. So 
this is what happens when you uh, have this type of approach. I kept, you know, imploring them to try to compete and play some defense, um, I, switching back between man and zone, anything to contain the ball, um, push it, you know, get up, get up on the shooters. Um, yeah, just uh, messages weren't getting through. But like I said, there's a lot of ways to be immature. There's always a lot of ways to be immature, um, and there was a lot of immature performances here throughout the the roster. We totally disrespected the game ourselves, um, and we got exactly what we deserve. So, listen, um, it's a long season. You're gonna have bad games. Uh, I was hoping that we were beyond it, but you know, until you go through it all, you really can't tell. Um, you know, we've been better in and in, uh, not had many of these type of performances, but. Um, yeah, this is certainly a disappointing one, but you know we got a lot of basketball left to play, and that's what our guys need to understand. Like we haven't done a thing yet, we haven't accomplished a thing yet, um, you know, and we got to play with a better desire and better purpose and a better readiness on every single night. Those were those were cut ups from a few different spots of his post game comments, but I think that underscores that he keeps coming back to this idea of immaturity how, how he was worried about their approach in this game that even as shots were falling he didn't like the approach that they were taking and i've seen that approach at times this season and frankly more lately and it's worrisome it's kind of like there's this midpoint of the season they've had tons of success almost everything that could go right for them has gone right and i don't know if they're getting a little complacent a little bit bored or if it's immaturity. And here's where I want to get into Mike Conley Jr. Mike Conley Jr. didn't play in this game. He's been having a little bit of hamstring tightness, but more or less this was just rest, a maintenance day. Wolves figure they can win without Mike Conley Jr. And they certainly had the talent to beat the Hornets without Mike Conley Jr. You don't need him to win this game. Instead, they lose this game. And you start to wonder, okay, is this really a more mature team or is this just a more talented team that displays some maturity when their veteran point guard, Mike Conley Jr., is there to keep them in line? Now, just one game, so we won't draw any definite conclusions, any you know, any big, anything bigger than this sample size, but it does bear watching, right? Because Mike Conley Jr., as great as he's been for this franchise since he came over in that trade last season, as great as that trade was, remember, I, I've brought this up many times, but Mike Conley Jr., Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and three second-round picks, and they offload D'Lo at the same time. Like, just, I, it was just a, a master class in upgrading what you need, upgrading in a lot of ways. Conley has been everything is advertised and more. You've heard Finch, you've Chris Finch, you've heard... Um, Tim Connolly, I think even on this podcast, talking about how the, he can't really imagine life without Mike Conley Jr. Well, guess what? Like You're going to have to imagine that life at some point in the not-too-distant future. Mike Conley is not young. He's 36, and he's on an expiring contract. This is the last year of his contract. Um, Wolves don't have a real succession plan at point guard. That's problematic for the big picture. For right now, for this year, they are well positioned. They are in good shape. They've got a roster that they like. But if Mike Conley Jr. doesn't play, and this is the result, Carl Anthony Towns going for 62 points total in this game, but being a zero, a plus minus zero in the game because they don't play a single bit of defense in this game, that's problematic. If 
and if everybody else, if, if the body language, if the effort, if the focus isn't there, and you correlate that to Mike Conley Jr. not being there, that's problematic because you do have to then ask the question that I already asked. Is this team more mature or are they just more talented? And when Conley's gone, these same problems that they've had of focus in the past are going to come right back. Now, they still lost some games last year after Conley arrived to these lesser teams. But I think by and large, you can draw a straight line between the arrival of Mike Conley Jr. and an increased or at least a perceived increased maturity that shows up. But maybe it's not a consistent maturity. So that's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm worried about right now with this team. And again, just one game. <clears throat> They've shown over the course of this season that they at least have the ability to beat these bad teams, that they have the amount of requisite focus in most of these games. It's starting to slip lately, and I wonder if some of that in this game in particular was Conley being gone. How does that play out the rest of the year? What if Conley you know, has to have more maintenance days? What if, you know, heaven forbid for the Wolves, he gets hurt at some point here and they have to find out more about themselves? That's another thing to watch for this rest of the season. Maybe that gives you an indication of what they should be looking for or thinking about at the trade deadline. I don't know. What I do know is this. They gave a completely immature performance in this game, an immature from start to finish, really, as Chris Finch said, and it caught up to them in the end. He was worried about it from start to finish, even if most of us had the eye on the ball with Carl Anthony Towns going through the basket. Chris Finch was worried about this from the jump, and as it turns out, for good reason, and that good reason, maybe, was that Mike Conley Jr. was not playing. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation, that incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino, let your story begin. Good to be joined in studio today by Kent Youngblood from the Star Tribune. Kent covers all sorts of things here for us, but in particular, Kent covers the Gopher women's basketball team and the links of the WNBA. And both those teams relevant right now, Gophers right in the middle of their season, Kent, and doing pretty well. And the Lynx entering, just entered free agency that period starting Sunday. They can sign players officially a little over a week from now. Want to spend most of our time, I think, on the Gophers, um, but we'll get to some Lynx talk as well. Um, where, do you, where do you see them right now? And uh, just kind of Lay of the land, four and three in the Big Ten. Not a great Big Ten this year, but a good team in the Big Ten right now, it seems like. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think they're coming off their best win of the year. Michigan um, State. Yeah, Michigan State uh, was 18th in the net rankings by the NCAA entering that game. So that was a, you know, top 20 win in that regard. And they played, they've been playing great defense, but. I think um, the Michigan State game was the first game they won where you thought they really sh- maybe shouldn't have won that game. In terms of a quality of opponent <laughs> right. going in. You yeah. know, I mean, their losses have come to Iowa right. on the road, and Indiana, Indiana on the road, right. and a game at Maryland here that I think they probably feel got away from them. But uh, yeah, you're right. The Big Ten isn't as elite as last year, but I think mm-hmm. it's maybe in some ways deeper than okay. it was last year in the sense that Anywhere from like maybe one to nine 
anybody can kind of surprisingly win in any night. I mean, last night yeah. Purdue stayed so. within three points of Indiana. So and you saw Ohio State beat <clears throat> Iowa and storm the court. Yeah, mm-hmm. and try to try to hurt Caleb Glad. That was a scary situation. Glad you know, seems like funny, she's okay. The funny thing was, and I saw the video, and it was not very cool. But she flopped. <laughs> they kept saying she flopped. I don't know. I don't know. I will we'll give them the we'll give them all the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully that's all just uh isolated and, and she's okay. But uh, to the larger point, like you you look at projections right now and there's still a lot of Big Ten season left, Big Ten tournament left, but if the season ended today, it, Gophers are a tournament team right yes. now, right? According to Charlie Cream, they would be a tenth seed if the season ended today. And uh, according to the NCAA's net rankings, they're 31st. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, Is that ahead of schedule a little bit? Or I, I don't think, know. No, I, I I don't think so because okay. I think they've beaten who they should have beaten. Yeah. Um, they've won three or four Big Ten games. And the Indiana game was really hard because Indiana got killed by Iowa. And this yeah. was their first game back at home. That was going to be a tough one, but... They've won three or four Big Ten games, including a game at Michigan. Yeah. And they've done it while their best player is struggling mightily. I think that's a very good sign. Yeah. I mean, Mara Braun in her last four is shooting 17 for 64. Oof. I didn't realize it was that bad over the Uh, last four. Seven for 27 on threes. Okay. And she's averaging 12 plus points a game. And they've... Still won three or four games because Hire and the freshman Groholsky yeah. have both been very good. Um, so I feel if they continue to play defense the way they have been, and their defense Sunday was very good. I mean, yeah, Michigan only, came in squaring almost 90 points a game. They only gave up like 50, 52 50 in that was game? Their lowest, yeah. their, it was Michigan State's lowest points and shooting of the season. Okay. And they can get Braun on track. Right. You know, then if if Braun is hitting, then you have three legitimate three point threats on the team. Right. Um, I think they could. I expect them to be a, a a tournament team at the end. Although the 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 schedule does get a little harder. I mean, they only have the two bottom feeders this year. Two of the bottom feeders are Rutgers and Northwestern, and they only have them once each. Okay. Um, last year they lost both games to Wisconsin. The game the team they play tomorrow. So they've got four wins. I'd say they need to get to nine, nine and nine, and maybe win a tournament game in okay. the Big Ten tournament to ensure a berth. Last year, they took eight or nine Big Ten teams. I'm okay, blanking in that right so now. So it's still good enough that they can, yeah, that they'll they'll take that many again or close to it. And so you figure they beat Rutgers and Northwestern at six wins, and let's say they beat Wisconsin twice. That's eight. That's eight. Then right. they kind of kind of win one more game that maybe you think, ah, oh, will they win it or not? Um, and I think they're at, you know, where they should be. And that'll become easier if, if Braun returns to the right. form she showed last year. A lot of this, um, you know, a lot of season left. We mentioned Caitlin Clark already. They lost to Iowa earlier. But that game, February 28th in Minnesota, that will be a full house, I would well, imagine. Well, and the, the, it's amazing the Caitlin Clark effect. Yesterday's game at Ohio State, yeah, had the largest indoor crowd of any game this season in the country. That's crazy. I mean, it's uh, it's not it's not crazy. Only. It's just it's great, but it's yeah. Um, I I'm hearing that some some games scalping prices are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars wow. for a game she's playing. Wow. 
I think every game Iowa has on the road from here on out is already sold out. Um, has there been a phenomenon like this? I mean, perfect combination of the women's game in the first place getting bigger. Yes. Uh, it it being a power five team and a, yeah. a very good one. Yeah, their number and a generational number. player. Yeah, all in one place. Plus, she's playing at home, and they've been yeah selling eighteen thousand seats from the minute she. Got yeah, there. and come and from a surprising place too, right? It's not from Yukon or no. Tennessee, one of these like traditional powers mm-hmm. where you are used to seeing the best players. Like Caitlin Clark's at Iowa, like yep. a good program over the years, but not one of your dominant programs like that. You know, I think that uh, I think Paige was on that yeah uh, trajectory as a freshman, and the injuries have kind of gotten in the way. So right. we'll see how that goes. And that kid out in uh, California, Juju, uh, right. Why am I blanking on her last name? She's going to have that effect. Okay. Well, but plus, I just think the the women's game has gotten is getting to a point. I mean, last year the final game had tremendous ratings. Yes. I mean, people the care. LSU and yeah, the, people yeah, care LSU about Iowa. that yeah. sport right now. Oh, uh, and uh, so it's a kind of a confluence of all sorts of things, I think. But uh, I mean, she's a very compelling player to watch. She is. Big Ten's going to be even more compelling next year. I was just looking at, like, the teams coming in. Like, UCLA and USC are really good this yeah. year. Uh, um, just think if an Oregon is usually yeah. pretty good. Uh, just think if Clark decides to come back, the mm. talent that will be in this conference next year. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's already one of, if not the best conference, year in and year out, just depth-wise, only getting better, which is, makes it impressive that the Gophers are competing at the level they are right now. Again, I don't, this isn't the end of where they want to get to, obviously, but you know, first year under head coach Don Plitzel-White, how would you assess the job she's doing and what she thinks of what her team is right now? I don't think her team... I don't believe she believes her team is where it can be. I think the team has shown steady improvement all year. Uh, I think... The biggest difference is the defense. Yeah. They play much better defense. Uh, offensively, they're, they're a little hit and miss. Yeah, especially they, when Braun is struggling. Yeah, and they, I mean, they go through these two or three minute periods when they're not scoring. It's like, what's, it, is, it seems a little discombobulated. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I mean, Hire has just been amazing. I mean, yes. she's hit uh, in her last in the last three wins. She's thirteen for twenty three on three pointers. Plus, she's rebounding the heck out of the ball. She she's the only the she's the only person since two thousand nine to have two games in the Big Ten with fifteen rebounds and five. I saw that stat. Made. I saw that stat the other day. I mean, that's yeah, that shows okay. you where she's yeah, at. Well, right it's now. interesting is that each of that group of three have kind of had their moments yeah. since they've been here. Right now, it's Mallory's okay moment. It is, and it's interesting. Yeah, I think you're right. They're not exactly where they want to be yet, but to be where they are and still have a higher ceiling has got to be got to feel pretty good. Well, they have to start competing better against the top team. Right. They can't lose by 20 every time they play yeah. a ranked team. Right. Which you know the Michigan State game was a good example of playing a good team and beating them pretty handily instead but of not a ranked team. not a ranked team. But if they're an 18 in the net rating, that's right. you know shows you what. What the what the data says, mm-hmm. how good they are versus what the voters um, and, and Nebraska the was say. a decent win too. Yes. Um, they'd played some pretty good teams, pretty tough. That was a good win. And that um, was was that the one a week ago where 
the kind of was that the homecoming game where every while the all the players came back. Lindsay yeah. Whalen, you talked to her before yeah. that. Her, you know, coming back to Williams Arena for the first time in ten months or so since she was let go. What was that conversation like? What do you met that? It seemed like she really got into the weekend. I saw all of her social media posting. She was like taking pictures with all the all the old teammates. I'm sure that was fun, but also some emotion there. Obviously, just yeah. both ways. You know, I uh, I kind of wrote about it. I mean, I mean, she's still not happy with the way in which it all went down. Of course, right. but I think that she would sit down and tell you that her life's in a better place than it was a year ago. Yeah, I mean, she. The losing was not easy. It took a toll on her. The she, job wasn't easy. The job no. was different than the one she signed up for. Like it got the job got harder. Yeah, with the transfer portal and nil and oh, I agree. Um, already a difficult challenge for somebody who hadn't coached. It became more right. so. Right. Uh, and then last year, you know, she lost uh, Carly Thibault or Thibault. Who went to Fairfield and has them on the verge of being a ranked team right yeah. now. They're 15 and 1. They beat the Rutgers by like 30. Wow. So I mean, I think that was a loss too. Uh but I think she's I think she's happy. Yeah, it seems like it. Um and it was nice to see her there, you know, enjoying herself because she has to be a part of this legacy. Here. It's not she a 20 has to be. It's not a 20-year reunion without no. Lindsay Whalen, too. Well, and and I mean, she's such a big part of the history of this state of this program she can't just not be she can't be yeah. not in the picture in some way right. she would and it doesn't feel probably it doesn't feel right to her like she still wants to root for this team yeah, this is, she this still does still, root for this team yeah she loves those kids she does yeah well that's that's cool I, I'm glad like you know you had you know kind of a recent parallel I don't I wouldn't imagine this was how would how would be how Whalen would play out, but like you know, you get a bitter end like KG and the Wolves, and it doesn't get patched up for right. for years and years and years, and still isn't where they want it to be. Like his his jersey still isn't retired right. at Target Center. Like you know, he last time he played here was like almost a decade ago. Yeah, and you know, well the uh, you have to give Plitzway credit too because here's somebody who's coming in and wants to make their mark and make it her program. Yeah, and she is. You know, it'd be pretty easy for somebody in that position to say, you know, right. keep keep the le- Waylon and the legacy at arm's length. Yeah. She has never done that. She's yeah. communicated with Waylon and the players communicate with Waylon. Um, and so, I mean, I think it's a tough walk for Plitzwhite to, to kind of establish herself as the coach here, hopefully long term, while at the same time acknowledging and maybe even in some cases embracing that legacy. Yeah. And she's done a good job of that too. She seems like she's been as advertised so far. Just a, a program, like someone who comes in and knows how to win, like knows how to take good ingredients and make something good out of it. Yeah. She's a, she's a coach with a plan. She's, she's a professional. Yeah. Longtime professional coach who succeeded, who has done enough to know what works and doesn't for her. Works very hard. Uh, and uh, has, I mean, she has a plan. Yeah. And uh, defensively, we can see the plan already. Offense hit and miss sometimes, but I think it'll get better. But uh, the work ethic is there and the experience is there. Uh, and really the track record is there too. Right. Yeah. Although, you know, in her absence, West Virginia is every bit as good as it was last sure. year. 
Yeah, but I'm sure like some of that is, you know, some of the players she brought yeah. in, some of what she started there or right. continued there at the very least. Um, let's switch gears, talk a little WNBA before we go. Sunday marked the beginning of WNBA free agency. I read your story just kind of about how probably not going to be some big splash moves for the Lynx, just owing to where they are, where these where the free agent class is this year. I know I looked on some other sites, like places trying to project where different free agents are going to go. Not a lot of like big names no. that are linked to Minnesota right now. Especially in the positions they'd like to kind of upgrade. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's just, there just aren't point guards out there that no. are available that they'd be interested in. It's just, they just don't exist right, right. now. Uh, and I think to a certain extent, the post as well. They But they need to upgrade their depth at the point guard position, I, yeah. I believe. And I think they'll try to do that. But um, I think they're going to work hard on the draft. They've had some success mid-round in the first of, in recent years. Yes. Uh, I think they think Collier is going to continue her ascent. Uh, and I think they'll work hard to re-sign some key players. Bridget Carlton, for example. Yep. Um, I mean, they had an 0-6 start, and then they were pretty competitive after yeah. that last year. I think they believe that, you know, if Lindsay Allen stays healthy and she kind of proves she could be a point guard on a winning team, get some depth there, maybe find some depth in the post and stay healthy, they could, you know, I don't, in this era of super teams starting to emerge in this league, it's not going to be easy. But uh, I think they can be competitive. You know I, I really I've been covering the league now for ten plus years. Yeah, and not only has the athletic level in that league grown by leaps and bounds in that decade, just in terms of what, just how good the players are. Yeah, but it's a much better run league. Yeah, than it was. You've said that 10 before. Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah. I mean, ten years ago. If you had your you know what together yeah. and ran a good program, yeah. you were going to be a good team. Yeah. Now most teams are pretty well run. Yeah. And they know what they're doing and they're acquiring the right talent and drafting the right people. So it's a much more competitive environment than it used to be. Plus there's enough money now that some people yeah. can jump in and well, like New York, kind of buy together a team. Um but it's gonna be tough catching Las Vegas if they keep that thing together. I was gonna say, like how, you know, Obviously, like playoffs are like a baseline where you try to get to, and eight of the 12 teams make it, and they made it last year. Won a playoff game, even, which was a good kind of marker for where they're at at that point. But, you know, what, how do they kind of get back on the path where not just trying to be, you know, not just finishing around 500, making the playoffs, but like, you know, getting back to that mode where, you know, can they four titles in seven years? I don't know if that's realistic, no. but like, how do they? How do they build this back into, you know, top four in the league? You have to finish top four, get a home. Yeah. Be able to advantage in the first round. Um, well, Fee has to take another step. Yeah. When she um, already took one last year. Huge one. Yeah. If she can really develop uh, and become a three-point threat consistently, okay, she's going to be pretty hard to stop. Uh, she might ascend at that point to... Uh, Asia Wilson level, just in terms of how yeah. you defend her. Okay. They're not the same player, but... Yeah, I get you. Um, they really have to, I don't know if it's luck or skill, they have to hit at the draft pick this year. Yeah. And they have to stay healthy. Um, when Lindsay Allen got hurt last year, they were not the same team. 
What's the ceiling for last year's number two pick, Diamond Miller? Oh. Because that feels important. When you draft that high, you want that player to turn into, I don't know, you have expectations or you have hopes at least. Maybe one of the most athletic, athletically gifted players ever to wear a Lynx uniform. In yeah, my opinion. I believe that. I think that if she had some off-season knee surgery that's probably going to impact how much she can do during the off-season okay. to get ready. Okay. So, But I, I do expect they would hope she'd take another step. Okay. I mean, she had um, – she was a, she, her highs last year were kind of extraordinary. Yeah. But their consistency yeah. wasn't there. Maybe just getting more consistent would be a key for her. You see that a lot with rookies sometimes. You do. It's just, you know – or freshman in the Big Ten. It's, yeah, it's a different league, right? It's just yeah. it's a step up, and you you get high, you get and you get down on yourself, or it's just the competition. It's just different. So, yeah. but they had some. I mean, they've hit like you said. They've done you know aside from high picks, like they've you know Collier was not seventh. She was seventh, and Dorka, Dorka Uhas yes. was seventeenth. Yeah, I mean they've found some key core players that haven't been top three picks. Crystal Dangerfield was second round, one rookie yeah, of the year. Right. That's that was I mean, that's just a story for another time, but like a, that would have been if she would have materialized and kept growing, that would have been yeah. their their point guard solution, but just kind of fizzled out at a certain yeah. point. I don't know what happened there exactly, but but yes, they have identified they've done a very good job of identifying talent after the top five, which in right. the, which in this although the increase in athletic ability right. in women's basketball in general, I think, has deepened the draft in Absolutely. general. From, Absolutely. You know, over right. what it was. It used to be the top three picks were going to be good, and then it was all crapshoot. It used to be sometimes the first-round picks didn't even make yeah. a roster sometimes. Like, unheard of in other leagues, but in this league, it, that was the case. Yeah. Now, just, I mean, Paige has said that she probably, she's thinking about coming back. Right. Clark hasn't said what she's going to do, but if right. both of them enter that draft— that's going to push some nice players down to number seven. That's true, or wherever they yeah where they wind up, right? Because you probably have Angel Reese in that draft. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot <laughs> that could really push yeah. some talent down into the you know middle of that first round. And like we said, free agency not really something that's they're going to be a big player in this year. Well, I mean, that's what the coach said, but you know, watch, you know, in two days yeah. something will break that they right. signed, you know. Ex player, right? Go, oh, okay, okay. I guess they they have the money. They have the money. Yes, I saw that. They've got like almost seven hundred thousand yeah, dollars in cap they space. They have the money to do it. Now, some of that too, they want some of that's going to go resign yeah. to people they want, and right? Some of that will go to a rook, the rookie that they draft, of course, right? Um, but they do have money. There's money to make a move or two. Well, we'll see if they do it. Kent Youngblood will be covering it if and when they do. He'll be covering the Gophers as well as always. Nobody does it better. Kent, appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Royal Credit Union's smart checking accounts offer no monthly fees and no minimum balance. Enjoy financial freedom when you open your Royal Credit Union smart checking account online at rcu.org slash go checking. Insured by NCUA. Good stuff from Kent. Gophers play Wisconsin tonight in Wisconsin. Go for women trying to improve to 5-3 and three in the Big Ten. They've already beaten Wisconsin once this season. 
like you said, you got to stack up the wins where you can, just like we talked about at the beginning of the show with the Timberwolves. You got to stack up the wins against the teams you're supposed to beat. And, you know, where the Gophers have been in past, you know, the past three, four years, they haven't really had a lot of teams they were supposed to beat, right? They were one of the teams that, at a lot of times, other teams were supposed to beat. This The, the threshold is higher now. The bar has been raised. We know kind of where this team is at. Not a great team yet, but a good team, a team that probably should win this game, even if it is a Big Ten road game tonight. So that is a test for them, and we'll be curious to see if they pass it. Now, the men's basketball team, on the other hand, has a different kind of test, also against Wisconsin tonight at Williams Arena. Wisconsin playing very well right now, a ranked team, I wanted the Gophers to win one of these last three games that they had leading up to this one. I've had this one circled for a while. I'm not entirely sure why. It just felt like the kind of game where it's like, okay, in a if you're if you're really if you're a serious team or even just a, a team that is ascending, you want to be able to beat your biggest rival on your home court. You want a signature win. This is this would be a signature win. But I thought it was important for them to carry some sort of positive energy, some sort of momentum into that. And they were 3-1. and one. Remember, just a little while ago, 3-1 and one in the Big Ten. We were talking about, wow, look at the turnaround here. They beat Michigan. They'd beaten Nebraska. They'd beaten Maryland. They were, you know, none of those necessarily signature wins in the context of where those teams are at this season. But good wins, wins that showed you that they seemed to be improving. They had a, they have a tougher stretch of games now, and they lost lost to Indiana, Lost the one at home to Iowa, which got away from them. That one probably was the one that hurts the most. And then they go and uh, they go and lose again at Michigan State. So now they're three and four in the Big Ten. They've lost three in a row after that seven-game winning streak, and you know some of those Big Ten wins. So that's that's credible in that regard. But they're three and four now in the Big Ten. They're dealing with some adversity, which they dealt with plenty last year. If they are going to kind of Re, take control of the narrative again to take control of the positive narrative again of this season they got to win this game uh, it's not like the season's over if they don't but if they want to reinforce this narrative of improvement if they want to reinforce this narrative of hey um you know pay attention to us this season they need to win this game flat out tonight so that is another thing to watch for on tuesday that brings me to the cooler the things we will the thing we will all be watching the most probably on Tuesday evening, though, is whether Joe Maurer gets into the Baseball Hall of Fame, whether he is elected. We find out the results of the voting at 5 p.m. tonight. We kind of already know, though, which is maybe what I want to finish with here. We're going to talk way more about Joe, his candidacy, um, his probable election um, tonight on a special episode, like I said, and tomorrow, I'm sure, we'll bring it up, too. I want to talk right now just for a minute about what we, you know, the the taking the mystery out of sports like we got this baseball hall of fame tracker we've had it for a while not a bad thing or a good thing i'm not saying don't do this this is bad i'm just saying this is another example of where our quest and our thirst for knowledge our, our thirst for certainty to know to have all the data presented to us is maybe taking a little bit of the fun out of it it would be kind of fun if we went into tonight and we had no real idea we just had speculation we, we, could, we could be surprised by the vote total that came out in the end because we had no idea where Joe Maurer stood in all of this. We could say, wow, he got in, or oh, man, he got that. Right now we kind of know already because we've seen 
through the through the Hall of Fame tracker website. Again, not good, not bad, just a thing that exists because they, because it can exist. We know that right now, in the more than half the ballots that we have seen publicly, he has eighty three percent of the vote in those on those ballots. So he's well above the seventy five percent threshold. Um, we've we you know Phil Miller's story today made it clear that. Anybody who's gotten to this point above 80% has gotten in. It's basically a virtual lock that he will make it tonight. But there's like there's like that 1% uncertainty that we don't know about and maybe that's the reason to still pay attention to this tonight, but it's it's basically we already kind of know knowing what we know the certainty of things makes makes the final tally sometimes the final results of things a little bit anticlimactic we we know who's supposed to win games we know what's supposed to happen in certain matchups righty versus lefty uh you know we know the cool zones the hot zones of batters i mean, just countless examples of how things are supposed to play out and when you know how things are supposed to play out you aren't surprised when they do it is expected and you can say well that confirmed my suspicions this is even more different this is like we basically know that he is going to get into the Hall of Fame tonight. It's great for him. It doesn't diminish the accomplishment. It just dilutes in some way the moment. And that is what I wanted to lead. That's what I wanted to lean into here a little bit at the end of the show. The dilution of the moment as we gather more information. But again, small point. doesn't really matter in the end. the, The information becomes the same. It becomes what it is when we'll know everything will be the same at 501 i'm sure it's just a little bit of that moment becomes ah we kind of already knew that there's not a surprise in any of this that will do it for me today like i said special episode kind of coming up tonight lavelle e neal the third expected to join me for that more stuff on tomorrow's show as well until then enjoy the rest of your tuesday i'm michael rand we'll talk to you later